everyone. Welcome to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession, where medical services professionals and industry experts contribute their voices about popular topics, including the impacts of artificial intelligence, MSP core competencies, department advocacy, leadership, and more. I'm your host, Lauren Leacoris, content editor for NAMS. On this episode, I speak with Allison Webster, Director of Medical Staff Affairs and CVO with the University of New Mexico Health, about the process of credentialing foreign applicant physicians, challenges that arise, and the role MSPs can play in enhancing this process. Allison, to start us off, fundamentally, how does the process of credentialing foreign applicant physicians differ from credentialing domestic applicant physicians? Well, first of all, when we refer to foreign applicant physicians or physicians educated outside the U.S., I should mention that the correct terminology as defined by ECFMG is the International Medical Graduate or IMG. So back to the question, regardless of whether credentialing a foreign or domestic applicant, the requirement to primary source verify elements of the credentialing application are the same. However, the sources and processes for obtaining these documents may be more challenging when a physician has attended medical school, done postgraduate training, or has had clinical practice outside the US. So one fundamental process that differs with IMGs is that the MSP must always verify ECFMG certification. This can be done through the ECFMG CVS service. It's a TJC designated equivalent source and also recognized by NCQA. Once the IMG has obtained ECFMG certification, most IMGs must then match into an ACGME residency program. Both the certification and matching processes may lead to gaps in practice for the applicant. These gaps must be explained and in some cases verified. Many IMGs will do a research fellowship in the US while awaiting their next career step. These are non-standard fellowships and may be difficult to track down and verify. So for IMGs completing standard residences and fellowships, which most will do, their credentialing process from residency forward will typically align with domestic applicants. However, for others with postgraduate training or practice outside the US, the MSP must then dig deep to verify credentialing elements either outside the US or find designated equivalent sources within the US. Excellent. So, Allison, what role can MSPs play in enhancing the process of credentialing foreign applicant physicians? So, the more knowledge MSPs have about IMGs, the more they can bring to the table. IMGs currently make up 25% of the U.S. physician workforce, so these applications are not unfamiliar to the MSP. Tomorrow's MSP must have current knowledge about this population and be able to assist and provide guidance when questions arise. Factors such as telemedicine, medical tourism, and increased migration of the global workforce are all disruptions happening now. These are going to influence our physician populations moving forward. Some statistics here. Each year, roughly 20,000 individuals apply for ECFMG certification, and approximately half this number will go on to achieve certification. Applicants are evaluated on both their clinical skills and communication skills. All of this information can be found on the ECFMG website. I think it's important for MSPs to understand more about IMGs, their pathway to licensure, which is no easy task, as well as who is an IMG. Well, different countries have different ways of awarding degrees to medical graduates. I'm going to speak to the UK, which is where I'm from originally. 
In the UK and British Commonwealth or former Commonwealth countries, for example, the basic medical qualification is the MBBS or some version of this. This is a Latin abbreviation which translates to Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Surgery. This degree typically takes five to seven years of schooling to complete. According to ECFMG's definition, IMGs are individuals who receive their basic medical degree from a medical school located outside of the United States and Canada. It is the location of the medical school, not the citizenship of the individual, that determines whether they are an IMG. This means that US citizens who graduated from medical schools outside the United States and Canada are considered IMGs. Interestingly, statistics from ECFMG as posted on their website show that the country with the most citizens obtaining ECFMG certification is in fact the US. This number significantly increased in recent years to 35%. This is largely due to the increase in Caribbean medical education. Of note, we'll sometimes see a US address given for a Caribbean medical school, but look for the details. If the school is located in the Caribbean, the applicant is still an IMG required to hold ECFMG certification. I think it's also worth the mention that ECFMG standards are continually evolving. Historically, the focus was on evaluating individual medical school graduates, not medical schools. However, hot off the press, beginning in 2023, individuals applying for ECFMG certification will be required to be a student or a graduate of a medical school that is accredited by an agency recognized by the World Federation for Medical Education at the time of their application. So not all medical schools will fall into this category. So this is going to be a shift that's going to have impact, hopefully a good impact. MSPs are the gatekeepers of patient safety, ensuring quality care through the credentialing and privileging of healthcare providers in an ever-changing industry. Expand your knowledge base and core competencies by visiting nams.org forward slash education. And then what are some common challenges that arise when credentialing for an applicant positions? With no global standards for credentialing and healthcare systems differing from country to country, not to mention language barriers, if a verification has to be obtained from an overseas source, this can be particularly challenging. I would also say in general, processing IMGs tend to be more challenging and take longer than domestic applicants. So turnaround times are likely to take longer. When reporting credentialing performance metrics, it may be worth highlighting these files since they tend to be more complex and require an extra level of detail and research. Another challenge, MSPs must follow their medical staff bylaws of credentialing policies and procedures in terms of eligibility for appointment. There may be instances whereby an IMG may not have completed the required years of ACGME training to become eligible to apply for board certification. So if your bylaws or policies require board certification and you have no clause in there for waivers or exceptions, an applicant may not actually be eligible to apply. So it's always important for the MSP to check on eligibility before extending the credentialing application. Let's see, another challenge, visas. Visas can create challenges if an IMG is not a US citizen or resident, there could be one visa for training and one visa required for practice. 
So this can create added pressure to credential an applicant if there is a deadline to have the visa issued when the visa is based on a job offer, which is dependent on the credentialing process. Let's see, there can also be challenges created by cultural differences, especially if an applicant hasn't been credentialed at a US hospital before. Depending on their country of origin, or maybe not, credentialing can be seen as onerous and intrusive and may come to them as quite a shock. There may also be misconceptions from our own organizations. Some years ago, I experienced pushback with an applicant who had trained at a prestigious European institution. It was widely anticipated that this applicant was going to be a rock star and should be treated as such, really. Perfect. And then can you speak to some recent learning experiences relative to this process? Yes. So ECFMG offers a service for IMGs called the Electronic Portfolio of International Credentials, or EPIC. This can serve as a designated equivalent source to obtain primary source verified credentials such as medical education, postgraduate training, and license or registration. So if your organization has an account set up with EPIC, this can be a very helpful tool. It does take time to set up an EPIC account, but once set up, it becomes a win-win for both the applicant and your organization. My own organization, we implemented this some time ago and have had positive feedback from applicants. The FSMB FCBS portfolios can also provide information. All these requests for verification of medical education are still processed through ECFMG. Now, regarding board certification, many of the ABMS member boards, although not all, now have alternate pathways to board certification or international training pathways. These recognize that many licensed qualified physicians who practice in the US were trained elsewhere and may not meet traditional pathways through ACGME training programs. Some boards tie this to a period of full-time faculty appointment, while others simply require a period of practice in the US with an unrestricted license. So as we see more IMGs achieving board certification through these alternate pathways, I think it is helpful for MSPs to be aware of this. I'm also going to share a lesson learned by me personally. MSPs are familiar with the Healthcare Quality Improvement Act and protections around information that is shared within the realm of peer review. So when trying to obtain a peer reference from an overseas source in the recent past, I had explained to the reference that any information shared would be protected, only to realize later HICWA wouldn't apply outside the US. This was definitely a light bulb moment for me. And Alison, my last question for you is, what are some core competencies that MSPs can leverage when dealing with credentialing foreign applicant physicians? So I think it's important for MSPs to know their state medical board regulations. State license requirements differ from state to state. While some state medical boards recognize training programs conducted in other countries, other states do not. So the FSMB website has a whole section on pathways to licensure and a listing of state-specific requirements for initial medical license by state. I would also say be aware that ABMS has alternate pathways to board certification and be able to speak to this. If asked about a specific specialty, know how to research and find out if that particular board offers a pathway for non-ACGME internationally trained applicants. I would also encourage MSPs to partner with ECFMG for EPIC services. Add language to your medical staff bylaws or credentialing policy 
that for applicants seeking credentials based upon foreign education and or training, they may be required to register for an EPIC account. And then, of course, for affiliation and work history, which cannot be obtained through EPIC, and you may have to go to an overseas source, always engage the applicant to help make email contact. And of course, remember that the burden is always on the applicant. And then just lastly, I would say set reasonable expectations that for foreign applicant physicians, these files are going to be more complex and in general will likely take longer to process. Great. Well, Alison, thank you so much for being part of this episode of the Tomorrow's MSP podcast. This is an incredibly important topic, and I'm excited to share this episode with our members. Sure. And thanks for this opportunity. And I hope everybody can get some nugget from this. Thank you. I'd like to extend a special thank you to Alison Webster for joining me on this episode. Thank you for listening to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode to stay up to date on the latest news and insights. Read more in-depth articles on trending topics by visiting us at namsgateway.org. Until next time.